Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperwood. I like your Stonehenge. Thanks, dog. I should probably say that into the microphone while we are recording because it's topical. Yeah. <laughs> Some rocks on top of some rocks. Rocks on rocks on rocks. Uh-huh. How stupid, dumb, big my rocks got rocks. Yep. How are you, dude? I'm I'm good. Tight. I'm, yeah. I've been trying to figure out which aliens built which rock structures all day. Mm, as in, I think I got some good answers. As in, uh, are are we under the impression that like the Greys built something and the the little green men built something else, and the, right, right. The Nephilim probably built some of the taller ones because they're really tall. Wouldn't the Nephilim know. have built the pyramids? Are those the tallest? At, um, yes. Yeah, then probably that. Pyramids have to be the tallest monolith on Earth, right? Well, uh, I don't know what would be taller than a, than one of the pyramids. Yeah, I suppose but they're we not, should have known that before doing an episode about monoliths. I don't know if they—they're not a monolith though, because they're a bunch of blocks. Yeah, but so Stonehenge, and it's technically considered a monolith, right? Well, first of all, it's megalith. Monolith, megalith. monolith is is singular. That's one rock. Like oh, right. On, a monolith is like the the thing that makes the the apes smart on two thousand one. I Just knew one, we were going to talk thing. about the Space Odyssey. Hey guys, I saw that fucking movie. <laughs> you can't talk shit on Twitter. I think you've claimed that movie. At least five different times on the show, though that doesn't count anymore. I mean, it counts. It counts because a I've fucking seen it. <laughs> B, it counts because nothing else fucking counts. <laughs> it counts because I gotta hang on to what I got, and also because uh, due to the subject matter of our podcast, that movie comes up more frequently That's fair. than That's fair. Uh, than many movies. Uh, I feel like it's that and. Uh, and like Terminator comes up, and I haven't seen Terminator. Really? But I have. Yeah, because we talk about like AI and robots and shit. And I feel oh, like Terminator sure, comes sure, up sure. A lot. Well, do you want to start with Stonehenge? Since we started with Stonehenge, and what? we're talking about megaliths today. You, you should. Um, what if you found a big pile of rocks? <laughs> <laughs> You're at a Home Depot. <laughs> That's what. Uh, you should tell the people about what I said when I said I like your Stonehenge because that's a weird oh. sentence if people don't understand. We have a picture of Stonehenge in the studio. Yeah. It's a, it's a recent addition. I took a picture of it when I went there a couple years ago and then I got it printed on a canvas and now it hangs out on our wall or near our wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's adjacent. It's wall it's adjacent. sitting on top of some stuff by a wall. It's It's leaning against a thing that's on the wall. It hasn't found its forever home yet. Oh. I know. We, I, uh, man, we it's, should, uh, I, I got materials in the garage. I got a, oh yeah. Some, some week where like, I don't know where I don't have a bunch of other shit going on. I need to redo many things in here. Let's do it on a Sunday and get real drunk while we do it and see that what happens. seems like a bad idea for well, using power tools and designing things and well, hoping that things work right. Well. We just, we, uh, we've gotten like listener art and now we've got some of our own art and Right, um, right. We're we're trying to we're trying to what if the spot up even harder, son, and make it like sound and look better at the same time. It's too bad our Area Fifty One pictures are shitty iPhone photos. Otherwise, we could have framed one of those too. We took some we took some real ones. Yeah, well, not of the gate, I guess. Oh right, yeah, we were too scared. <laughs> I was too scared to point that big ass <laughs> lens out the window for fear that a bullet would travel right down it and hit me in the eye. Yep. 
yep, yep, yep. So yep. it was just cell phone photos for that one. But um, but yeah, so you went to Stonehenge, I yo. did, probably three years ago. You've told your Scotland story before, I think, haven't you? I don't know, which just the fact that I went there and- And like, that's when you saw Stonehenge. I for a week in a weird little hut got, and got real some sheep. <laughs> got, got cursed at in- Scottish accents by Scottish dudes at a bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, Couldn't yeah. tell whether they liked you or hated you. Yeah, I think it was both. Or both. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I, my- I, I went to England and Scotland in, I think it was like 2015, uh, and was mostly going to this this place uh, like along the Scottish and English border in Northumberland and hanging out in this uh, national park for a week. But in between, I flew into London and then drove north mm-hmm. and took a detour to go hang out at Stonehenge for a few hours. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's like super, depending on when you're there, it's super touristy. They have like and, a gift shop and shit, right? Like it's yeah. like a full on. And like you can't just, you have to like sort of be a part of a a group like there's just always a bunch of people there, and they stage how many people can go out there at a time. Oh, so it's not like a a mall. Uh, once you get out there, you can kind of wander around freely, but but you can't like touch the stones, right? Like you can't get up close to them. Uh, they usually have it like sort of roped off, but you can get pretty close. And really? then I think they sometimes do events where you can actually like go in the middle of stuff. <laughs> just had a mental image of a dude just sort of by himself, slowly walking around, and then just out of nowhere running. And like drop kicking one of the rocks to see if he can get it oh. to tip over and like domino the whole thing. <laughs> they weigh, <laughs> they weigh like many tons. I don't think you'd many tons, bro. Yes, <laughs> many tons. <laughs> and they've been there for many thousands of years. I know. So, but I like. I the, think they're probably good. I like the mental image of the guy with gumption enough Just to be like drop kicking one. Fuck that rock. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that rock up so good. How uh, how tall are they? The the. Like the, uh, the tippies, I guess of- that was that was my my next point. Is like it, it's not as big as you would think based on photos, and it's also weird because they don't show in any photos of it that it's like a hundred yards from the freeway. <laughs> oh, that's kind of awkward. <laughs> and it just sort of like you can clearly see it from the freeway, <laughs> which is just strange if you're driving up to it. You're like, because I was very lost and driving by myself oh, yeah, and different sure. directions and for stuff, sure. and like. I wonder if I'm... Oh, no, there there it is. Yeah. I guess I get off here. <laughs> I told the story of, of my driving experience in Scotland. You all heard that on the podcast. I know I know what you're talking about. You're like, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand anything. And at least you had, like, someone else with you. Did you guys have... That's true. Did you have uh, cell service when you were over there? Um, yes, okay. but only for part of it, because once you get way up into the locks... Yeah. It starts getting dicey. Starts getting monstery. Yeah. Starts starts getting uh you better hope you screenshotted your directions. Yep. Like yeah. we did for Area fifty one. <laughs> yeah, I was doing that but by myself, which makes it a lot trickier to try and like navigate. Because you're driving drive on the and, wrong side of the road, on the wrong side of a car with a phone that doesn't work. <laughs> and I hadn't slept in like a day and a half. Just weeping uncontrollably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanna see the pile of rocks. Oh hey, it's right there. Uh, I feel it's like cool. There are a bunch of cows that just wander around. Mm. Um, they're pretty friendly. I think they're used to people hanging out. So you hang out with the cows, see the rocks, keep the, it moving. The cows probably found Stonehenge, and they were like, "Nice when it rains." <laughs> just like, well, uh, I mean, you could probably only like shelter six or seven cows, though. 
Yeah, but that one cow that got it figured out is like, <laughs> fuck you guys. This is my house. <laughs> my house I live now. at Stonehenge. <laughs> my house is 3,000 years old. <laughs> I was going to say, God, I'm such a moron. I was going to say, like, it'd be weird to live in a natural rock formation. <laughs> I was like, it's not natural at art. Not, not natural at all. Also, like, humans lived in caves for a long time. What do you mean? I thought that sentence was pretty straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I, sure what you need clarification I mean, on. <laughs> I did I did understand the concept of humans living in caves. Okay. I mean, what do you mean? Is it how did that connect to me referring to Stonehenge as a natural formate rock you formation? You said it would be weird to live in a natural rock formation. Is that not what caves are? Um I I guess I was thinking like for a cow, it would be weird to oh, live yeah, in a Oh yeah, I don't rock think cows formation. lived in caves. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> wild cows? Cave cows? Cows were wild for a while, man. You never know. What are they going to eat in a cave? They need grass and stuff. Other cows? I don't think they do that. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> they do if they're hungry. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're yep. in there. Oh, shit. I forgot to... Well, I'll have to do it for the Patreon. I forgot to pull in those new ones that you sent me. Of Mike? Or I mean of um, Ray. Ray, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do her, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, you. Uh, this is not gonna make a lot of sense to you guys. Uh, well, <laughs> if you're not one of the cool people that gets an extra episode every week for five dollars a month, then no, yeah, we'll we'll tell you. Uh, no, we're not gonna explain it to anybody. I was gonna say we'll tell you where those sounds are coming from on, on for just on five dollars <laughs> a month. <laughs> Actually, one of the I, so I counted the other day, we're over thirty back episodes on uh, oh shit on the Patreon. Patreon, which is pretty fucking cool. Also, thanks everybody. We're uh, we're like just at uh, almost a hundred Patreons now, which is Yee. very dope. So thank you everybody for uh, supporting on there. Uh, one of the way back way backs is uh, you put up a video of all or a list of all the sources of like as oh, many of the uh, as many of the sound drops as we've had. I need on to the update show. that. Yeah, I've got some exclusive ones now too, though. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. We fancy. Well, <laughs> we fancy ones that exist like. On my computer, I'd have to upload them somewhere. Do but. your curtsy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Megaliths. Meg. How are they trash? <laughs> uh, is that Rob? Are they trash? Yes, yes it, is. it is. He uh, sent us a review of some potato chips today, by the way. Oh, yep, you did, Rob. <laughs> and we are going to talk about it uh, on, on the Patreon, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, sure. cool. Um, I, yeah, I suppose is it trash is really That's mostly a, yeah, reserved yeah. for the Patreon. Yeah, except we talked about In and Out on the Area Fifty One episode for a little while. Yeah, whatever. Um, no, megaliths are not trash. In fact, I got really psyched when you suggested this uh, idea for an episode because of all the weird stuff that we talk about. This is one of my favorite weird things or cool things. There's so many of them. A, there's so many. The hell are they for? B, they're also different. Like cultures have very different versions of megaliths. Um, Stonehenge is pretty basic, actually. What do you mean? Oh, you mean compared to yeah. the the vast yeah, array of megaliths that right. exist in the universe? Right. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I'm it's gonna basic. take this one and stack it on top of that one. <laughs> I made a house. <laughs> it is. It is definitely like a a very giant toddler came down and played with a block you set mean, and like was Nephilim? like, maybe yes, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. was like. I'm done playing now. <laughs> the, going outside. The and sun's like, over there once a year. <laughs> Nailed it. But also, like, 
very impressive in a no, that right. And I, I mean, I know, but I know what you're saying though. Like the like the pyramids are much more complex in their construction and their fitting and their size and just general like the magnitude of the project than like than Stonehenge is. But also, uh, part of why they're so not trash to me is because we've been able to do some versions of this is how it happened or this is how they did it or this is how they lifted this many tons rock on yeah, top of this rock. that's where this stuff gets interesting. But we don't also, like, A, we don't know because we can't obviously prove how any of these things were actually built or made or carved or designed. People have some pretty good ideas for some of them. For sure, but I just mean Like Stonehenge, they know where the rocks came from. Right. And it was 20 miles away, which is fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. They dragged those stones 20 miles to put them up right here specifically. Like, that's crazy. I mean, we, we have ideas on how these things happen, but what I mean is we can't prove it as in we don't have direct evidence of how things were transported or lifted right. on top of other things. Right. And, um, you know, there's been recreations and attempts at explaining what technology and math might have explained things at the time. But it is very fucking fascinating to me to to dive in down the rabbit hole of, like, these very ancient people that didn't have fucking protractors. Eh, or, we don't know. Well, right. I mean, I guess that's what it is. Like, to our knowledge, they didn't have protractors. Eh, they probably did. <laughs> To do what they did in the Great Pyramids, yes. Yeah. They, they must have had to have something. But so, anyway. In conclusion. Are they trash? Fuck no. Fuck no. They are not trash at yeah. all. They are fucking awesome. Um, that's, I mean, unless you have stuff to add on Stonehenge, I think people know what Stonehenge is, and you can go, there's an abundance of information available on the internet. You can go look it up. Yeah, and I think we have other other uh, megaliths to speak of today as well. Yes. Yes, he says. <laughs> um, Excitedly. I've got a, f- a few lesser known, unless you spend a lot of time watching Ancient Aliens ones. As we know you all do, because if you didn't, you wouldn't like our show. And we have a modern megalith of sorts. What is it? Wait, we should, we should finish with you, the modern. You want to go from oldest to newest? Um, yeah, because then I can, I can, uh, figure out where my block fits in. Okay. Yeah. I think this is probably the oldest. Are you familiar with Gobekli Tepe? <laughs> is that, nope. Is that a no? Okay. <laughs> what is a Gobekli? Johnny Gobekli. <laughs> it's an archaeological site in, uh, Turkey. And I think it means, like, means like pot belly hill or something. Oh, that's a, cute. It's two Turkish words that mean some sort of hill where they found this thing. That's cute. And on the top of this hill, they found what are believed to be the world's oldest megaliths. Ooh. They have dated them to somewhere between 11,000 and 12,000 years old. What? Yeah. So for comparison, Stonehenge is two, or no, four to 5,000 years old. What? So this is like... More than twice as old as Stonehenge. I bet it's not as mega, though. Well. Oh, shit. There are four. (laughs) I'm about to get served. There there are four circles of these giant T-shaped stone pillars that, unlike the ones at Stonehenge, have stuff carved into them. So there are, like, animals and representations of people carved into the the pillars. They call those... uh uh, it's a P word, a P glyph, not hieroglyph, but it's different. Go ahead. Pe- petroglyph? Petroglyph. That's the word I was looking Pterodactyglyph. for. Pterodactyglyph. Pterodactyglyphs. Yeah. And they're, they're not carved into the rock. They're carved in like high relief. So everything around 
the so say you have like a bird on the surface of one of these pillars. Mm-hmm. The bird is raised up from the the rest of the pillar, as in. So they've carved everything else away and left this area mm. protruding out. Like if you're in Photoshop, you select inverse. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Except I don't think I think we can safely say they didn't have Photoshop twelve thousand years ago. Well, <laughs> <laughs> would you say that a chisel and a petroglyph would be the earliest version of Photoshop? Yes. Nice. Um, some of the pillars are more than 16 feet tall, which I believe is as tall or taller than the pillars at Stonehenge. I'd have to double check that. Yeah. Let me actually double check the size of the Stonehenge pillars. And this site wasn't discovered, at least in modern times, until the 90s by a German gentleman named, uh, Klaus Schmidt, (laughs) who's now, I believe, still, uh excavating the site because the site is roughly a thousand by a thousand feet square okay whoa which i'm guessing has got to be bigger than stonehenge yeah stonehenge well the tallest stone at stonehenge is 30 feet tall oh shit okay Um, i don't think the site is super big though i would guess it's only like Except isn't there like a... a couple un- hundred feet in each direction, maybe. But isn't there like an unseen... Didn't they do some sort of like radar investigation? There was like wood poles that were even further yeah. around the Stonehenge site. And they've excavated lots of different things from lots of different yeah. areas around there. Cause, and there are a lot of theories about when it was built and over how long of a period. And if there were other structures there prior to what's there now... Right. Or if there were some natural formations there that people then added to. Built upon, right. Yeah. Um, they found a lot of human and animal bones there Wait, over the years. At which? At, at Stonehenge. At Stonehenge, okay. And so the the dating and like what it was actually part of which era of construction there, I'm not super sure of. Yeah, But got it. So anyway, uh, at Gobekli Tepe, there's, it's this huge area. And it's still being ex- excavated, and they've only excavated about 5% of it so far. And they've done sort of the same thing with, I don't know if it's actually ground penetrating radar or if it's yeah. laser mapping of some kind. Right, but right, right. They, they, based on what they have excavated and what they've mapped still underground, because when they discovered it, almost the entire thing was buried. They, okay. They estimate that they've only excavated like 5 to 10% of the total of what's there. Okay. That was kind of going to be my question when you were like, hadn't been discovered until the 90s. I was like, did nobody go, hey, what's that big rock on the hill? <laughs> yeah, it was it was buried. Got it. Yeah. That, would, that would explain that. Um, the, Schmidt, the main dude who's been, who discovered it and who has been working to excavate it and studying it, uh, has some pretty interesting theories about what it was used for mm. and believes ultimately it was uh, a religious site sure. and that people would come there to worship in ancient times. Got it. Um, and that people would travel from far distances to specifically visit this site. But he also thinks that it probably was a central location for what he calls a cult of the dead. Mm. And that the carved animals and giant stylized humans on the pillars are protectors of of the dead and of the the souls that are there. Sounds familiar for a story I'll tell later. However, they haven't actually found any tombs or graves on site. Okay. So he's... um, They haven't found people buried there. Yeah, yeah. But they've found bones? 
and they've found human skulls that have like incisions in them. Oh. So he thinks it may have been some sort of weird like uh, sacrifice. Yeah, sacrifice? or some sort of religious rituals involving human parts, mm. which I guess you could it's pretty closely related to sacrifice. Mm. Um, he gave it a really badass name though, which was a Neolithic skull cult. Yo. Add it to the list. Bad <laughs> Oh, God. Neolithic skull cult. Dude, I want a listener to go back <laughs> through all 100 plus episodes of this show we've done and just pull all Put together a, times the first one festival. <laughs> 300 bands <laughs> at Coachella, and it's all fake fucking band names. Headlined by together. Neolithic skull cult. God, that is a pretty fucking hardcore name. Yeah, dude. I dig. Yeah. So that that place, I mean, with a lot of these, like the most fascinating part of these is looking at them. Mm-hmm. So I'll post photos on the on the website on the the show notes and stuff. But yep. that one especially, like it's t- from eleven to twelve thousand BC, so like minimum twelve thousand years old, probably more. Yep, thirteen, fourteen, and you're quarrying rock. Yep. Transporting it. Yep. Carving it. Yep. Lifting it? Erecting it somehow. Yep. You're designing this whole thing. You're aligning all of it. You're traveling there. Like, there's so much effort over, I'm assuming, a pretty long period of time. For sure. In an area. Up a hill. Yeah. And an area or in a era where, like, people weren't even farming yet. Yeah. So at a time where we were still on a daily basis, allegedly, gathering food and like just trying to survive. <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. This is what we're doing today. Not not just today, for like, for like uh, for your generation and then the next one and maybe the one after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the next hundred years, we're building this thing here so we can cut people's heads off. <laughs> It's very important. Uh, yeah, your job for the next 60 years is to carve jaguars into shit. <laughs> You're like, well, <laughs> better sit down. <laughs> better sit down. And somehow we have food for you every day? Or like, I don't, I just don't understand the, the logistics of how that would have worked. Yeah, I mean. People weren't even building communities yet, as, as I think. Yeah. Unless I mean, we're just wrong about all that shit. I guess, you know, they're saying, like, agriculture, like, agriculture started 9,000 BC, so that would be, like... This is dated two to 3,000 years before that, though. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Right. I'm gonna go hunt down that fucking, like, big-ass, I don't know, where was this, turkey? Yeah. I don't know, some big-ass, like, fucking bison or something like that, and then, like... Eat that. Thank you for not making me guess which animals are. I don't know. Yeah, someone's going to fucking ruin me on Twitter for Uh, that. Parrots. I think they they hunt parrots. Big parrots. (laughs) Very meaty parrots. The parrots that were the size of the rocks they were fucking quarrying. Um, I would have had no idea. I don't think it's bison. I think that's like a traditionally North American animal, but I don't fucking know. I think you're right. Um, let's say lemurs. woolly mammoths. Lemurs. Lemurs. <laughs> Big lemurs. Turkish lemurs. 
<laughs> I just imagine for some reason that 12,000 years ago they had all of our same animals, but fucking way bigger. Well, that was like the Pangea, right? Everything was still connected back then? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so it was, it was just like tamarins and bison and, di- and di- dinosaurs. <laughs> so they're hunting their T-Rexes. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I think you're right. Like the 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 idea that somehow this was a priority of the people at the time is kind of fucking mind blowing. And not just a priority, but almost like a like a way of life to right. to execute on a thing like this. And it as far as what we can deduce from what else was happening at the time, like shouldn't have even really been possible. Yeah. Yeah. Just on like a how did you stay alive long enough in one location? To do this. To do this. Much less any of the knowledge required to have, to actually build it. Right. Right. Like, were you were you gathering and storing grain? Because you guys were then the first, as far as we know. Sure. Were you domesticating animals? Because then you guys would have been the first, as right. far as we know. Were Did there, you- like, just incredibly, like, lush forests and jungles with abundant natural fruit and veg that you and, just or you just had people dedicated all to, the time yeah or you had 20 people dedicated to just hunting right all day every day and right sharing with the group right and in the meantime like you carve jaguars hey you're on jaguar <laughs> duty and you're on jaguar duty like, and uh you start bench pressing because we have some <laughs> Five thousand ton rocks that we need moved. How are we gonna how are we gonna get it up there? Pounds. You you are gonna get it up there. That's yeah, how uh Steve and uh Jim, you guys are moving that one. Can and, I carve the Jaguars? And no. Then, and then you're doing it again tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow until you die, and then your kids are doing it. I was it. just gonna say, and also have more kids because we yes. need them to do it too. We don't uh, we haven't invented rope yet. Sorry. You're gonna have to use your hair. <laughs> Grow your hair faster, Steve. Grow your hair faster. When do you think rope was invented? Let's guess. I bet I bet you we have evidence of rope from God. I mean, it's gotta go way back, right? Like rope didn't come that far after sharpened instruments. I don't know. Let's find out together. God, and sound dumb while we do it. All we do is make bad guesses and sound real dumb I'm in the I'm gonna process. say we've had rope for twenty thousand years. I mean, how far back do we have evidence of like human tools? We talked about this on an episode not that long ago, didn't we? Yeah, but the answer we found was that primates were making tools millions of years ago, pre-humans. That's true, like pre... There are stone tools from like two million years ago that obviously weren't humans because we didn't exist yet, but our ancestors were chipping rocks and hitting each other with them. I feel like rope would be a hard one too, though, because pre... like It's not going to survive very long. Yeah, right. It's not made out of anything that would... You're stalling. Take a guess. You said 20? Yep. I'm going to say... 60,000 years ago, we have evidence of, like, coiled rope or something. Okay, according to Wikipedia, the Wikipedia entry for rope. (laughs) Strong. (laughs) Strong. The ancient Egyptians were probably the first civilization to develop special tools to make rope. Egyptian rope dates back to 4,000 BC. Mm. Mm, That doesn't seem old enough. No, it doesn't. But also, I'm fucking stupid, so... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well... Steve may have been building pillars to the monkey gods pre-rope. I mean, when we get to, so I'll, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about Easter Island later, and the Easter Island stuff. uh, The history of rope. Oh, sweet. 
What if oh, what if rope? Shit. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Impressions of of cordage found on fired clay provide evidence of string and rope making technology in Europe dating back at least twenty eight thousand years. Okay, nice. So kind of in between the two of us. All that right. was actually a pretty good guess. Hey, teamwork, Rob. We're getting better at being less dumb. <laughs> Fossilized fragments of two ply rope were were found in caves in I don't know. Dating <laughs> dating to approximately 15,000 B.C. Didn't even try. <laughs> yeah, well. It's a cave. I don't know. It was a cow cave. Um, okay, so at least 28,000. So at least 38. Hmm, math. We've had rope for at least 30,000 years. Okay. I mean- Maybe I, longer, though, because we were required- <laughs> We needed rope fossils to figure out that we had rope 30,000 years ago. I mean- it's the only way you're gonna know that it's real, right? Well, that's like that's my question with a lot of the megalith stuff. How Which, do we know that there weren't a bunch of other artifacts at these sites or at other old sites that, that just didn't survive for over time? Twelve thousand years. I'm I'm sure that is the case, right? I mean, we know it has to be. Yeah. I mean So and how much do we just not know about those cultures and how advanced they may have been? I guess I guess we would I mean again I don't I don't know but I would imagine what they do is go if you if you throw a ca- if you cast a wide enough net I would imagine that you have some sense of a like representative sampling of things that are probably there you know if you find a piece of rope over here and a piece of rope over there But I'm saying no that stuff would have made it from 12000 BC you're saying stuff that there's just zero evidence of? Maybe they had calculators and filing cabinets and stuff, <laughs> but they wouldn't last 14,000 years. I mean, if a piece of two-ply rope is going to last, a filing cabinet would. But the oldest rope that we've actually found is only like 2,000 years. We had to find fossils of rope for older stuff. Mm. And Gobekli Tepe is 14,000 years old. Yeah, man. I mean... Well, and that's the other thing, too, when they're like, oh, we only found a head. It's like, well, yeah, but, like, 14,000 years of the Earth moving and changing and, like, maybe there were full bodies there. Maybe there weren't. Like, Yeah, well, they're not going to decompose at different rates. If you're finding bones, they would have had to be separated somehow. And the whole site obviously hasn't been disturbed because the, the yeah. structures are more or less intact. That's true. They've been buried. But, like... I don't know. None of none of this stuff in in this room would be here if we walked away for fourteen thousand years and came back. My house Hell would no. be gone. Hell no. These microphones would be gone. Any record of us ever recording this shit would be gone. Mm. I mean, what? Like, I mean, it will live on in all of your hearts. <laughs> but think about that when we like, you know, we store everything on on hard drives, basically. Right. No, that shit. A hard drive is rated to last like what thirty years at best. Oh, yeah. And in a couple hundred years, there will be no evidence that it ever even existed. Oh, yeah. Even plastics and stuff are only going to last like a couple thousand. Oh, well, that's good to know. But I'm saying like even the stuff that we worry about, like, uh, it's never going to decompose. It's so horrible for the for the environment. Even that stuff is only going to last a couple thousand years. Right. So for, So multiply that by seven. Any organic material is long gone. Any yeah. metals are probably... Back to whatever they started as. Yeah. Especially if they're exposed to anything. So what you're saying is 
the reason we're not finding the spaceships is because the spaceships have deteriorated. <laughs> no, but just I think we we vastly underestimate what ancient people were capable of because the only stuff we have a record of is the stuff is that the most lasts basic. Fourteen thousand. Yeah, yeah, is the is the stone tools because yeah. everything else would be gone and the fifty ton rocks. Right. Yeah. It's like we were talking about with the uh, with uh, is it Norway that's trying to store the radioactive material for 100,000 years? Yeah, what's that documentary that we talked about? Uh, Into Eternity? Yes. They're trying to figure out a way to store material that's going to be radioactive for the next 100,000 years, and how do you communicate with people 100,000 years into the future to not dig up this big, important-looking thing and kill themselves? And they were getting back to, like, you'd have to build something out of stone that hopefully looks scary. Right. (laughs) Because... Any any structure you language, build is going to be gone. Yeah. Language isn't going to... I mean, the oldest languages we have are like, what, five to 10,000 years old, maybe? I don't know. We got jaguars from fucking 15,000 years ago. But that's not language. Well, no. I mean, it's... That's a carving in a rock of... It's pet pterodactyl glyphs. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, Boom. maybe they were more advanced. I mean, obviously, they were based on some of the stuff that they built. There's just no record of how they did or what they were thinking about when they yeah, did it. or For sure. I mean, my, well, and this gets back to, and we can talk more about this later once we, we, I like that we were like, we'll go from oldest to newest, and we've just been talking about the oldest one this whole time. Because it's fucking crazy. It is crazy. Um, but like, we, you know, we talked a little bit about the kind of how they did it stuff. And, you know, we you see those Nat Geo videos where they did a recreation using, quote, only the tools they had at the time. And I think the thing that's always faulty about that to me is they never really do it like they never really do it with um well a they never really do it with like the same sized piece of something they're like we're gonna demonstrate smaller and well, yeah, because we have a budget of twenty grand to make this show and it's right, due on Friday <laughs> right so they they do it kind of in a in a more refined size, and then also. There's no way that our modern knowledge and technology didn't go into the quote recreation. So I always feel like it's a it's an inadequate explanation for me of how it was accomplished. Yeah, I mean it's it is purely for entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And hypothesis. Yeah. Uh I want to run through a couple other like real real weird ones real quick before we well when when does yours fit into this timeline? Um, I don't actually know. Like a thousand AD ish, eight hundred AD. Oh, really? They're that new? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we got a ways to go then. Okay. Uh, are you keep fam- it going? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get weird. Are you familiar with Mada and Saleh? Bro, bro go- you be saying these words. Google this real quick. <laughs> okay. I-, I need you to see the pictures while I'm talking. Good. Googly moogly. M A D A. M A D A. I N. I N space space S A L E H S A oh, Google got, got it, it after got it. it yep okay this is a site that's damn yeah this is a site that's in present day Saudi Arabia sort of the northeast corner of Saudi Arabia fuck off is this real yeah dude those are fo- you sure yes this is not Photoshop I'm, show me the picture you're looking at yep that's real they what are these. The f- Fuck. Yeah, they're these giant... Uh, Pull over right now, safely. <laughs> Use your blinker. Use your blinker. They are tombs carved into these giant, giant slabs of rock. 
usually with a single opening into it, but then this super elaborate facade around it with full of like really sharp angles and corners and yeah. the yeah, all the um the design and uh, and the architecture of these is insane and they're from they were built at least 2000 years ago damn son and again this is so the visual is important so if you scroll down out there's a, a photo of a few of these but there are what if podcast.com or I'm at this one. I'm just gonna put like in the actual RSS description, so y- y'all can see it. Easily. Oh yeah, in your podcast preferred podcast app. See, um, but there are like a couple hundred of these, and the, yeah, the, I was gonna say I'm seeing tons of different pictures of this like same concept. The architecture and the design, and like I think they're just carved like into a hill of rock. I think it's one piece of rock essentially. That all of this is carved out of. And they look like, I mean, if you saw this architecture today, it would be impressive. It's like there, there, there are many different like rock facades. Like they look like they're standalone rocks and like almost like Rocky Mountain hills. They have hills. like windows cut into them. They're window facades. Yeah. And pillars and decorative borders on all of it. Like there's no way that there wasn't. Uh, well, f- from multiple angles, like the design would have required a ton of knowledge. Yes. The execution would have required a ton of knowledge. They're extremely and, geometric. Yeah. And like, like that's the reason I said to you, are these, is this Photoshop is because it looks like one of those photos where somebody superimposed like a modern building facade into nature. Yeah. It, it would have required way more advanced tools than we thought people had 2,000 to 3,000 years ago. I mean, you're cutting circular pillars, but also perfectly rectangular windows, but also decorative, like, floral edging on the stuff. And then the scale is insane. Like, some of these are, I don't know, 100 feet tall or more. I mean, they look fucking huge because if if any of the doorways are... They're people for scale in a few of them. People-sized? Yeah. They're 10 times taller than the initial door. Right. Like, so did they also have, yeah. Like, that's fucking monstrous. That's got to be at least 100 feet tall, if not more. How were they even physically building these? Did they have, like, how, what was the mechanism for, for doing this? You would have had to have. We got to be talking about, like, insane scaffolding setups. Right. But the other thing, too, that's fucking wild is, like, sorry, guys, we're talking, this is a little visual, but these are deep into some of these rock facades, like like 15 and 20 and like maybe if, like 30 feet in. If we were going to build that now, we you would rely heavily on explosives, Yeah, I'm I was assuming. literally just going to say, you'd have to blow up the first probably three layers just to get to right. how deep some of these are carved into. Or you need tombs? some serious, yeah. You'd need some serious power tools at the very least. Yeah. Or but, or you need a lot of generations of slave labor. Still, though, like, even... You, I guess explosives obviously existed forever. I said that flippantly. I'd like to clarify. We've talked about before, when we talked about the Great Pyramids episode, of, like, sometimes it's mind-blowing to think that the only way to accomplish these insane feats of, like, human 
stuff over long periods of time was just generation after generation of day in and day out slave labor. Is that documented? Like, I know that's disputed with the pyramids. Which part? Whether or not it was actual slaves? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, guess, I, I think it's safe to say, obviously, you need a huge labor force. Yeah, whether, whether or not it, it was, was forced labor or not. I don't, I don't know how we would know because there's not written records of that stuff. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't have, like, I can't say evidence-wise either way. But I just mean, like, a, a, a force of humanity that would be thrown at this quote-unquote problem or task or whatever project project yeah nonstop and then for i mean we talked about it with stone age but like maybe it took a thousand years right exactly like we we don't know necessarily what the scale was on some of these other than they were you know like uh you look at more pictures dude yeah. i'm yeah. just give, give this one a google mind blown um this was a new one to me i hadn't why I hadn't heard of this before, I, I don't know. I think never seen. I think part life. of it is that it wasn't um, it wasn't really publicized until like the late '90s, and it wasn't opened up for study until mm, 2008. Wow! It was declared a World Heritage Site in 2008. Wow! By Saudi Arabia, um, and so I think there's just starting to be access to it for the first time in. Who knows how long? Um, but yeah, two thousand years ago, and I don't know. Like seeing if I had seen this today and and been told like this is being built now, I would have been shocked. You'd have been like, "Holy shit, that's impressive!" Yeah, yeah. With current technology and planning and designing and budgets and I, I, I really can't get my like. I can't get my head around how you would have possibly done this one. Yeah. Whereas with Stonehenge, like, I sort of get it. You know, like the design, yes, it's it's aligned in specific ways and it's astronomical in nature. Like that stuff is cool. Yep. But the physical design is pretty simple. Yep. Same thing with like. Yeah, uh, I'm talking about rectangles. Building, right, building like, blocks. Gobekli Tepe, like, yeah, there's stuff carved into it. It would have taken time. It would have taken some skill. But at the end of the day, like, they're pillars. Right, right. Not, this, the level of intric- intricacy is nowhere near what this is. Right. This, like, someone saw a cliff face and said, yeah, I'm going to build a geometric building with, like, with steps and piping and mantles and patterns. windows and doors and columns and yeah and i'm gonna do it 30 feet into this rock face and it's gonna be 200 feet tall this is and fucked appara- up man. and apparently we have like we kind of understand metal <laughs> you know like right what, what were tools like 2000 years ago i don't know i mean i don't i don't actually have any knowledge of what 2000 year old tools are but they had to have been something to do this so that i mean this is one of the ones that gets me thinking like maybe there was more going on than we know about or have records of yeah you said 2000 years ago these were being made uh the yeah so this is another one that was built sort of like in sections and it was constructed over like I don't know, at least 100 years. Yeah, there appears to be many. Like one of the pictures just on one rock face that you can see from pretty far away, there's like 
15 different ones yeah. just so in that, one rock face. Within this larger site, there are like four smaller sites. Um, the largest of them was built between 0 and 100 AD. Um, and then the oldest, they don't really know. Sure. <laughs> Probably older than that. Right. But they're not sure about how much. Because I, I don't know how you really, I don't know how you can date stuff because the rock it was carved out of is like millions of years old probably or who knows and then if you're just carving away pieces of a rock there's no like carbon dating that can be done no i mean you, you just it, have to date based on other artifacts near the location well if it is a tomb you could that's, date when the people inside died right but that's an estimate still and then that doesn't necessarily say when it was built true i mean and that also implies that there are in fact some sort of like actual mummified bodies inside i mean these things look like they very well could have been emptied at some point i mean i would imagine gray robbers or whatever could have could have gotten to these over time there's one picture from the inside where you can see almost like they look like bunks like bunk shelving Hmm. um like but, a mausoleum or something? Yeah, a like little a bunch, bit. Like a family? Like, like maybe multiple people were okay. entombed inside yeah. of yeah. one of them. Well, there are, aside from like the huge, really ornate tombs, there are like roughly 2,000 burial sites in this location. Jesus. So they're not all, you know, 300 foot tall palaces, basically. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the I mean, basically it was all built somewhere between like zero to like somewhere first century ad so 2000 ish years ago man god damn yeah that shit cray madain madain's madain soleil salah soleil i think it's soleil madain soleil yeah shit there's a comma in there so i think it's like madain soleil soleil yeah okay dope yeah that shit's <laughs> that was tight a brand as new one fuck i've never seen that before in my whole life mm-hmm I, I think that might bring us to Easter Island, by the way. Oh, dippity doo um, Should we take a quick pause and come back and nah, rock fu- Easter Island up? Nah, fuck them. Let's go. Actually, w- let's let's take a quick break because I got to pee. Guys? Welcome. Yaga. Tell me about big people's heads coming out of islands. Our heads are falling off. <laughs> They're not. No. They're staying forever. Um, so to talk about the Moai of Easter Island, we got to talk about Easter Island first, because I think part of what okay. makes the Moai so impressive is where they are located. Do you, what, what do you know about Easter Island? Uh, it's an island. Good start. I don't think it's really that close to anything. It's very far away from everything, actually. Okay. Um, there are some really big heads built along one of the coasts. No, no, wait. You're getting too far. I mean the island itself. But they're ma- oh, no, that's it. It's okay. It's small, and it's got big heads buried in the ground. So Easter Island is about 60 square miles. Okay. So think, I mean- Think about that. I mean, compare think, that. Thinking about it. Think, I mean, I mean, like think about that size. Compare it to something that is familiar to you. And sure. Uh, 
And then think about that being over 2,000 miles off the coast of Chile. Chile is the closest continental country to Easter Island. And it's 2,000 miles into the ocean from Chile. Okay. So you're talking about almost... Way, know, way the fuck out there. Over half the width of the United States uh, in mileage. Yep. Uh, in, in Just straight into the ocean to find a 60-square-mile island. So it's this tiny island very far away from everything. The closest island neighbor it has is about 1,300 miles away. That's still pretty damn far. So, you know... Continental, 2,000. Island, 1,300. So uh, there's like, there's nothing near it. In fact, the fact that there were ever people on Easter Island blows my fucking mind, to be frank. Um, it, it, but what we know of Easter Island is that uh, Polynesian land explorers in what they believe were like seafaring uh, kayaks or canoes... Um, Damn, I would not want to take a kayak 2,000 miles across the ocean. I, well, and here's what I don't really understand. What? That sounds like a terrible time. It sounds like a bummer, right? <laughs> because y- you, got a, um, you got a timer as soon as you leave land. You mean until you... Till you Till die. you run out of water? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. run out of water, you run right. out of food. Well, you could maybe catch food, but yeah, you, you, got, you got a limit on how long you can go before you... You got like three days without water. Right. And how does anyone... We're talking about, you know, over a thousand years ago, they settled around somewhere between, we think, 800 AD and 1000 AD. How, okay. How are, you, how are you navigating? Stars. Stars. How is anyone following you once you get there? Are they? What? Like, there's no way for you to be like, oh, now that we got here, we're going to sail back to wherever we came from. Or maybe not no way, but it ain't easy. Sure. I I think, obviously, people have known how to navigate the oceans for a long time. Yes. I just think, like, from everything we, we know about navigating the oceans people have generally been traveling in much larger vessels and finding much bigger bodies of land than this 60 square mile island that's kind of dead center in the middle of fucking nowhere in the ocean yeah it is and and we're assuming that it wasn't inhabited before that or do we know that it wasn't um the the earliest sign of something related to a permanent settlement that we can carbon date is from like 880 ish because the more interesting question to me would be, why were you going there in the first place? Well, or how did you know it was there even? Well, like so, navigating that seems possible to me. I don't know what the motivation would have been or how they would have even had that information. Yeah, well, so there's an interesting Polynesian myth about a Polynesian king who had a dream about the piece of it, I can't remember what it was. It was like the the island in the navel of the sea and it was supposed to be like this island that was in the center of the ocean okay and the lore of the finding of Rapa Nui uh, Easter Island it, Rapa Nui is the is the Polynesian name for the island it was renamed Easter Island when some white dude walked on it and said right I found a thing even though it had been this found is mine a now. long time ago mm-hmm. yeah um so we can call it Rapa Nui um but the lore of Rapa Nui was that this sort of king's dream 
inspired the search for it and that it was then found by Polynesian people. So he just sent some people out in a kayak to most likely die? I had a dream. There's a small piece <laughs> of land out there. Go get it. Uh, what? <laughs> Sorry, what? No, no thanks. How far is it? Very. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Here's a kayak. Yeah. The, I think the more... Better hope it rains. Yeah, fuck. Catch, <laughs> catch some water and don't fry by the time you get there. I think the more, um, the more probable thing was that Polynesian explorers were looking for land and got there before they got where they were going. So they somehow... That's a pretty far way to go without finding anything. Right? The, but there's a possibility that there was enough back and forth where they actually ended up finding something in their in their backs and forths exploring, and they stayed instead of uh, instead of you know going by it and finding new people. So they settled Rapa Nui right around 800 to 1,000. Okay. What we know is that uh, whatever whatever this initial clan of settlers was basically set up shop on what would have been a pretty lush island at the time. There actually was, there's this extinct species of palm tree that was known to be on the island. They were like 50 foot tall palm trees with these uh, like trunks that were like massive, like couldn't wrap your arms around the trunks, palm trees. Good for boat making. Be- good for boat making. You know what, Maybe. You, you know what else they might've been good for? Uh, rolling Rock very moving. heavy rocks on top of. Um, so the people of Rapa Nui, over many hundreds of years, started a process of creating what are known as the Moai. And these are gigantic, again, stones. How big are we talking? Uh, so the biggest one that they found on the island is 72 feet long. And weighs somewhere in the realm of 90 tons. So it's about 180,000 pounds of rock. Okay. Damn. I know. It's it's pretty mind-blowing. Now, that one was abandoned in its process. That one isn't one of the ones that was <laughs> erected. Okay. Um, so it was too big. Too, yeah. They were like, oops, <laughs> bit off more than we could chew on this one. But there are almost a thousand of them on Rapa Nui, and they all range in size from like anywhere from like 15 feet tall to most of them are in like the 30 to 40 to 50 feet tall range, and they weigh many tons, like 40, 50, 60, 70 tons. So we're talking about like 100,000 pounds of stone every time there is a, uh, a giant one of these. And, and there's over 1,000 of them that are spaced out mostly along the perimeter. There are a thousand of those? Uh, 900, last last I saw the number was 903 have been documented. Holy shit, I did not know that. Yeah, because mostly like, what you see is like the picture where like there's 30. 12 wide. Yeah. No, there's, there's somewhere in the realm of, the estimates I've seen range from like 860 to 903, and I don't know if that means that like is at still a certain at least size cutoff. Ten times how many thought I thought there were. Yeah, yeah, and they and they are actually spaced entirely around all of the perimeters of the island. Where was that rock coming from? So there's a quarry in the center of Rapa Nui that all of these came from. Rapa Nui is a it's a it's a volcanic island, so there okay. are three volcanoes that 
made this island, which is why it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. Three volcanoes came up, kind of built it as a volcanic island over time. Um, the volcanoes died, got lush and populated, and then people found it. Which is still crazy. Still crazy. That's uh, That phenomenon alone is super bizarre to me. Totally. Like, there was just... No life, and now, oops, tons of life. Tons of life. Palm yeah. trees where it used to be ocean. Yeah, I mean, it probably took 150,000 yeah, years to happen, but yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's still, still, it's still impressive. Yeah, totally. Um, but there's a specific kind of volcanic rock. It's called tuff, and okay. I don't know much about it other than that's what it's called, and it's basically the type of rock that is created by multiple volcanic explosions over time. Sure. And uh, in the world of rock which I don't know a ton about. Uh, tough is actually not so tough. Hurunting! Uh, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, it's very carvable, actually, is what it is. It's, it's because it's volcanic rock, it's a little bit more porous, which actually makes it, makes it easier to... Um, it's softer? Yeah, it's a little softer, so you can chisel and chip away at it more easily. So okay. what they think is the Rapa Nui basically used harder rock, to chip away and chisel at the softer rock to quarry these giant, like, elongated structures out of the ground and then move them. Dude, I wouldn't know how to... I don't understand how people quarry rock in 2018. Right. Dynamite. <laughs> you just blow it up I mean, and then go pick it up? I, I think, <laughs> go find, kind of. Go find a cliff and <laughs> blow it up and, and then put it in and, a truck. And then pick up the cliff. We made, a, yeah. we made a cliff. Yeah, I mean, the, from everything I've seen, there's some really cool documentaries about Easter Island. I highly recommend. Uh, there's one on Netflix who's, it's, I think it might be like Secrets of Easter Island or something like that. Sounds I'm about forgetting right. it right now, but just search for Easter Island on uh, on Netflix. It's pretty interesting. There's also uh, a Nova episode about it, and there's also a uh, Nat Geo so good. about uh, the Moai and the Easter Island megaliths. You know what I bet those dudes sound like? Show me what you got. <laughs> the big heads? Yeah. Yeah, for sure they do. 100%. <laughs> that's got to be what that's based on. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, it's, God, I, if it's not, I'll, I'd will i be shocked. Yeah. Um, The thing that's great. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, do, you, do we know what the purpose of them was? Um, I mean, if there was one. Yeah, just- so the, the only, one of the most interesting things about the Moai is that of the 900 that are on this 60-square-mile island, all of them face into the island except for, like, 16 of them. So it's so, the whole perimeter of the island, basically? Um, that's where most of them are structured. The, yeah. You find them inland because most of them that are inland were probably being transferred to the perimeter of the island and, and somehow didn't stopped. make it, were abandoned... The the history of the Rapa Nui people is really intense and kind of crazy, which is part of the Moai tradition. So, like, essentially, they um, – we don't really know what happened to them, but we do know that they were – They got picked up. Well, there, there are still people there, and many of them are descendants of the original Rapa Nui people that lived there, but – uh, we don't know how big the initial settling clan was. We do know that roughly at its max, we think the population of the island was around 15,000 people. On, a, on 60 square miles? On 60 square miles. kind of dense. It is pretty dense. But 
if you think about it as being kind of like a lush tropical island with fruits and vegetables and fish and all that kind of stuff, you could see how like a land like that would potentially sustain that amount of people. But the problem, yeah, maybe the problem with having more people is that when you need more people, you need more food. And when you need more food, you start to cut down trees because you need less trees so that you can have more agriculture. You got the and, whole ocean, bro. There wasn't any good fishing. Well, they did that too, but they also started growing things like, I think, like sweet potatoes and yams and things like that that were like, you know, carb-heavy foods that could feed more people. But when they did that, they started taking out more of the natural vegetation of the island, and they think that what happened was it's a, there's a guy who has a, a – I can't remember what his name is. He's an author, but he's got the um, the whole ecocide concept. It's about how, like, civilizations – die it's uh, the dude who wrote i can't remember what the book is called it's something similar to that <laughs> there's a, a guy who wrote a book <laughs> hang on i this is one of those i encountered this in my research and don't remember exactly what it was uh it's okay take your time what are, what are you googling right now just how for, civilizations die <laughs> okay i was like guy Coleman? i can't guy remember with a book anyway dot com i hope somebody will correct us on the internets but but the concept of give them enough information to correct well (laughs) this concept might be uh the concept is called like ecocide which is essentially when a civilization unintentionally uses their ecological environment to an extent with which it causes them to die and the idea was basically that uh the people who lived on rapa nui continued to take down the trees to build more houses. They took down the trees to do more agriculture. They potentially took down the trees to move these giant, uh, these giant statues further and further around the perimeter of the island. And then they basically destroyed the natural ecology of Rapa Nui in the process, which then caused potentially more uh, famine and death. So all that is happening, and it's still the priority to build 900 statues? Still hauling over a million tons of rock to the perimeter of this island. With, I'm assuming, manual labor, right? Because it was a thousand years ago. There's, I mean, there's nothing, there's not, there's really no other option. Requires more food and water. Right. So the, the, speaking of moving things, they think it's possibility that they were rolling them on these, like, barrel-sized palm tree things to get them places. Um, There's also a theory of them. There's some lore about um, calling them like the statues that walked, which is pretty interesting. They talk about basically erecting them them back and forth. uh, Yeah. Because some of the ones that were abandoned on their way to the perimeter actually had fatter bases than the ones that were actually had made it to the perimeter. And what some people think some archaeologists think is that the process that they used to get these out of the quarry and to the perimeter of the island was taking these ropes right so you have three teams of men one team on the left side one team on the right side and one team behind it and you basically erect the statue and then you start rocking it with the two teams on the left and right back and forth and you just get some momentum going and then you get the momentum going and then you have the guys behind it almost let it tip over forward, but always prevent it from tipping over forward so that as it so rocks left and right, it goes about, uh, you know, a 90, not even a 90, like a 45 yeah. degree turn and a 45 degree You're turn like each time you rock forward, it. Yeah, yep. 
and that they basically hmm. just envisioned that what they did in this tough rock, which was porous and fell away, they it, what they were saying was that essentially they carved them out so that their bases were bigger when they came out of the quarry, and then they rocked these fucking things for like 20 to 30 miles to get them to the perimeter of the fucking but island. why? <laughs> Right. Yes. What are you doing? And as they went to the edge of the island, they lost stone mass from this this heavy rocking. Pro- I mean, you're talking about again yeah. like 30 yeah. tons of stone on top of the bases right. until they got where they were and set them into place. So the why, and then they were facing in inward, except so for it wasn't, one. It wasn't even like to deter others. Right? It wasn't like, defensive or something? Because that, that's my... I mean, when you look at them, the pictures of them are kind of intimidating. Like they look, I would go the other way. Fuck they, that. They look intense. Yeah. They look really intense. And, and the crazy thing about them, too, if you see some of the pictures, for a while, we didn't actually know that they were anything other than heads. We thought that they were just heads that were buried, buried in the ground. Right? Yeah, but they started excavating them in, like, the 80s and realize that many of them are like three times the size of the head right. and that shifting soils and earthquakes, et cetera, have basically buried some of them, but that they're like three times taller than we thought they were. So you imagine one of those 70-foot-tall motherfuckers on the edge of this island. Like, so I'm saying. You, hell no, I'm not running towards that. Right. Whoever lives there is obviously like a little crazy. Or, like, trying and, to intimidate people from coming in. And real smart slash technologically advanced slash strong slash there are a lot of them. Totally. Like, that communicates a lot. Totally. I- in a little. And I th- absolutely, yeah, that's really well said. And I think one of the craziest things for me, too, about, uh, about Rapa Nui is, like. Why would you face them out? That doesn't make sense. Well, and why are only some of them facing out? Look at my butt. I'll be- <laughs> We don't even like you. You get the silent treatment. They, um, there's also a kind of uh, one of the theories about them is that they are, they are stone representations of like deified ancestors. That essentially the most deified of the ancestors of the Rapa Nui people got Moai created as emblems of them. And then they were put on the perimeter as a like a looking in shield, you know. Hmm. You've got like a the the ancestors are all around us, looking in towards us and protecting us in that way. So less of a outward looking intimidate those people, and more of a looking inward and protecting us here on our small sixty kilometer island. Okay, uh, yeah, that sort of makes sense. But again, like, are you not good at? 20 or 50 or 100 or 300 you made a thousand of these fucking things to the point where you almost wiped yourself out they say the they believe that at its lowest population so the other thing that happened was they got discovered by the europeans who in their own right brought disease to uh to the rapanui people that you know, I mean, it's a completely isolated ecological right, system. Right. So as soon as someone else, quote unquote, discovers it, they're bringing... know about such things then. Right. They believe that the Rapa Nui people were wiped down to close to 200 people at one point. From off of up, the f- from upwards of fifteen hundred, fifteen thousand was 15, the, you said fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand was the maximum amount of people. Fuck, on I thought you said fifteen hundred, and no, I thought that no, was a no. lot. No, right Holy now, shit. right now the population of uh, of Rapa Nui Easter Island is right around six thousand people. 
It's a Damn. it's an annexed uh, it's an annexed island of Chile now, and there are people that live there. There's a tourism industry, obviously, because of these fucking insane, incredible. Uh, but it's megaliths. it's two thousand miles off the coast of Chile. Yeah, it's real expensive to get there. Yeah, yeah. They can have an you, airport. You can fly. Okay, yeah. you gotta take like a little private private jet guy, a little puddle jumper. That's not a short flight though. Two thousand miles uh, over Chile? open ocean. Hell no! It sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Oh, God, it sounds like my personal <laughs> fucking hell. Take this small 14-person airplane yeah. over fucking bumpy ocean water and hope you don't miss the teeny tiny fucking eraser-sized island. Ugh. And also you owe us five grand. <laughs> yeah, and also it's 5K to get here. The Moai are absolutely fascinating to me, man. I I could talk about them for an hour. I think they're it's one of the most incredible versions of the megalith thing. These giant faces, like protecting the island there's people who have done all kinds of intense study of the moai too about how the um the carvings evolved over time how the older ones are more um more human in their face shapes and in mm. creations while the more recent ones over the hundreds and hundreds of years they were carving these uh started to look more abstract and kind of mm. strange and then also they even went picasso on it a little bit uh, and then even they discovered cubism halfway through. <laughs> Somebody just like mailed them a Picasso painting, and they were like, "Nice, let's try that." Uh, um, they uh, there's an interesting take on some of the even newer, newer ones were made out of wood, and they were smaller and more gaunt. And they think that actually what happened was as the people on the island reduced, there wasn't enough people to go through the process of creating the stone ones anymore. So they started carving them out of wood and making them smaller, hmm. but also more gaunt because they were going through things like famine and death and things like that. So they were being more representative of Whoa. the actual sort of decline of the civilization that they were intended to represent. Damn. What a tradition to have, man. Yeah. What Do we know what the total amount of time over which these were created is? Um... I had here, let's see, um, hang on one sec. I know that- Roughly? We're yeah. We're talking I, like a couple hundred years? Well, we know that um, we know that the they were sort of, basically we know that they were settled between 800 and like 1000 AD, and we think most of the creation happened between like 1000 to like 1200 to like 1500 1600 okay so like like a several hundred years yeah okay somewhere like three to five hundred year give or take on either side of like many generations the 1250 to 500 yeah many generations that's crazy yeah and um strangely so if you've seen if you've seen the buried ones the buried ones are buried like we talked about for shifting soil if you've seen the ones that are standing up and aligned in a row that's actually happened because a lot of preservation groups have stood them back up because in the 1800s, all of the statues, all of the Moai statues on Rapa Nui had fallen over. None of them were actually vertical on the island anymore. Except the ones that had been buried? Uh, yes, okay. except the ones that had been buried. So there are... Just naturally? Or? There are Rapa Nui folklore stories, again, about the shaking of the earth 
and they think mm. that there's a possibility there's that ocean earthquakes, and especially if you're on a historically volcanic property, there's right. got to be there's probably a, fault a lines fault, yeah. and all that stuff. So they think it's possible that a bad enough earthquake actually knocked over most of the statues at some point. But Wait, you a, said that happened when? Or the, it we, was we don't know. Oh, we they just noticed in. Okay, we just know yeah, that yeah, yeah. they were when they were getting visited by the Europeans in like the late 1700s and early 1800s, etc. There was documentation of these that came back from the European explorers that said when we went, there were these fucking crazy giant statues and they were all on their sides, essentially. And we didn't ask anybody why they didn't put them back up. Um, I mean, I don't know. I would imagine at that point, if you're down on your population, you didn't have the the manpower to do what you had once done. Shit's too heavy. You want to help? Yeah. Hey, guys. No. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, All right, one more quick one. Yeah. Because this episode's already late, and now it's running long also. Hey. Eh, you guys don't care. It'll be worth it. You know about the Georgia guys? Hmm. <clears throat> hey, Ryan. <laughs> Georgia. Georgia. I apologize. Do you know about the, the Georgia Guidestones? Oh, uh, no. That's an important addition, by the way. I apologize. So good. It's going to get a lot of use. We're going to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We fuck up pretty much persistently, Constantly. so we're going to yeah. need that. Nonstop. The Georgia Guidestones, I'll try to make this quick. Uh, it's the most recent megalith I could find. It was erected in 1981 in Elbert County, Georgia, which is just outside of Atlanta. 1981. Yeah. Okay. And it's a, a set of stone pillars. Yep. Um, with one, so they're vertical pillars, and there's one resting on top of the center of, I think, four pillars. So it's like four facing sort of like perpendicular to each other and then one resting flat on top. Okay. And they have these 10 guidelines sort of like a modern Ten Commandments carved into them in various languages. So that mm. it's in eight modern languages. And then... Sounds kind of creepy. <laughs> it is. Uh, there's a shorter version of it inscribed in four ancient languages. Okay. Like cuneiform and shit. Ooh. So... Somebody trying to call back the uh, call back the ancients with this thing? Well, or? there are a lot of weird theories about what's going on with this. Yeah, and, I'm going to need to know who, who spent this money. Yep. Um... I'm going to read you the 10, the ten engrave, engravings first. Number one, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpet, perpetual balance with nature. Just wanted to tell whoever made that in 1981 that that was no longer, uh, it wasn't, they, we'd, we'd already passed that. Right. In 1981. We got a real new world order thing going right off the bat. Oh, so... <laughs> I love the guy who, like, the Earth's population is in the many billions, and he's like, Most of you got to go. Number one, <laughs> kill a bunch of these people. Well. Okay, so this is I what, think that may have been where they were going. Interessante. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. So now we also have a, uh, a strong eugenics angle. Yikes. Yep, number one and two. Georgia, get your shit. <laughs> get number- your- Come get your mans, Georgia. <laughs> Number three, unite humanity with a living new language. We're, we're calming down a little bit with number three. I mean, we I was going to say. We just need to be able to talk to each other. Yeah. We need, like, the internet, for example. I guess. Yeah, okay. Number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. 
Sounds very biblical. Don't Five, fully understand yep. it. Yeah, me either. Five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Okay. Fair laws and just courts. Number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Back to the new world order shit. (laughs) Except like, let nations be, like don't interfere with others, and if you got a problem, we got a place where you can go work it out. I I guess, but it's also the whole like, like like justice for the world served through one global. Yes, for sure. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. So now we got like a weird anti-government thing going on. Yep. Number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Uh huh. Oh, dude, that one's pretty bad. Person balance personal rights with social duties is definitely like, hey, sometimes you could do what you want, but sometimes, oh yeah, you're fucking doing it for the rest of us. Right, right, right. right. There, there are a lot of weird, uh, like, I don't know, dystopian angles to this shit. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Uh, Non-specific and strange. (laughs) Number 10, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Get the fuck out. (laughs) So, yeah. They're they're not real inviting. Um, when you open, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> when you open with eighty percent of you need to die, or like maybe best case scenario because it's stone and it's meant to last forever. Basically, maybe this is a like, and we're in the seventies and eighties. Oh, maybe this is like a cold war. If we get nuked and things go real badly, here's a good way to start over. Interesting. And right now in the 80s, overpopulation is a problem. So if we are starting over, let's try and keep this shit down. That's actually interesting because I thought about it so much more as like a prescriptive, this is what needs to change right now, but it's way- I don't think it's meant for 1980. I think it's meant for future. But it's actually way less like intense and creepy if you look at it as like a- It's still not great. It's not great. (laughs) It's It's less horrible. It's less horrifying if it's not like a- fix this shit by killing lots of people it's more so like if we got to do it again here are some recommendations that i personally would think would make things go a little smoother here are some places we fucked up the first time yeah yeah i think that's probably what it is um the designer and the exact meaning are unknown because it was built and financed anonymously how is that possible so in is it on private land Yes, in '79, a guy naming a guy using the pseudonym Robert C. Christian, or R. C. Christian, uh, which some people think is a pseudonym with Christian intentions, uh, or a um, implies that the Rosicrucians were involved, that oh. it might be some secret society shit. He approached a granite company in Elbert. Elberton, I guess it's a city in Elberton, okay. on behalf of, quote, a small group of loyal Americans, which doesn't make this sound any... <laughs> any any less cult-like. Uh-huh. <laughs> and commissioned them to build this thing. So he gave them plans and he gave them money and said, here, can you please go build this for us? Uh, he explained that the, the stones would function as a compass, calendar, and clock and should be capable of withstanding catastrophic events. So like some of the other megalithic sites, they're 
aligned astronomically and certain parts of it line up with uh, the solstices and stuff. The <laughs> the guy who owned the company at the time and took this project yeah. said he assumed that Christian was, quote, a nut <laughs> and that the company uh, had been taken, that this was like some sort of prank, right? And that this guy didn't actually have the money or the land to do this. To execute on his wild idea. So he gave him a quote that was like five times what it would actually cost. And the dude just said, okay, and cut him a check. Wow. So they overcharged him like 500%. And then- Did he say what that number is? I I couldn't find it. Damn. I want to know that really (laughs) bad. Did Um, you say how tall it is? I just pulled up a picture right now. I don't know exactly. I would guess they're in the like, oh, it's fif- not fifteen-ish feet. Yeah, range. I was gonna say it's actually not that. I just saw twelve to fifteen. One with a person in front of it. It's um, yeah, two or three people tall, maybe. I would say like maybe Fif- twenty. Fifteen to twenty. Yeah. Actually, with the top stone that rests on top of the other four that you were talking about, maybe like maybe twenty-five. But yeah, it's not. It's not insanely no. big, no. but it's pretty big. So they, once the check cleared, they actually built this thing, and once they got the the permit, because R.C. Christian or whoever he represented also bought this land that they built it on. He bought, it was like, I don't know, several acres of land from a farmer in the area. And then and once, just like, once, once they finished the project, they then donated it and the land to the county. So, this so they, they bought it. They bought it in order to be able to build on it and then donated it back and made it public land. So it can't really be like bought or taken down. I guess the county could decide to take it down. But if it's generally inoffensive enough to not be... Right, they would probably have to like, I don't know, city council or whoever would have to vote on it. As it being like a public nuisance or some shit like that. I mean, if people were like gathering there and sacrificing each other or something you could probably each other. make a good case for getting rid of it you guys want to go sacrifice each other tonight <laughs> tight let's do it steve's turn steve's turn <laughs> i got sacrificed last week dude weird yeah and then there's a little like there's a inset in the ground next to it that has additional information like the the specific actually i could you could find the exact heights because on this other engraving it says the exact size of the stones and their alignments and like what Whoa. they correlate to oh got it as like a well which seems kind of weird because like why as would in, you like, care why do we know that yeah which has led other people to think that there's information encoded in that somehow that the the sizes or like angles of certain aspects actually have other information encoded in them. Mm. It also says that there's a time capsule buried somewhere on the site. Ooh, cool. But it doesn't say anything about like when where, it should be opened or, or where it is. And it's unsure if there actually is one buried maybe, on site. Maybe another one of those, like uh, if it all goes to heck. Yeah, right, right. Um, and then more recently, I think like in 2012 or 13. Yep. A cube section was cut out of one of the the stones. Why? And replaced with a cube that had carved on each side the letters M M, J A M, 
the number 20, 14, 8, and 16, like inscribed on each of the six sides of this cube. What? So they cut out a piece of one of the big pillars. What? And then replaced it with this other cube that had letters or numbers inscribed on each side of it. When did this happen? Like within the last five or 10 years. Why? Mid 2010s. Who said that should be a thing that should happen? Don't know. And then other people got. What? Dude, wait, that's fucking way weirder than the initial one. Yes. Especially if it's donated to public, like a public thing and with on public land. And then the city decided that the best thing to do with that cube was to destroy it. So they took it out and broke it and threw it away. The so, one that had gotten put back into it? Yeah, the cube with like the letters and numbers engraved on it. They took it out and destroyed it, and now there's just an empty spot there. What the? F- this is fucking weird, It's dog. really weird, this man. This is very fucking it's weird, It's really dog. weird. And there's there are some intentional, well, we're assuming intentional misspellings engraved on in it. Hmm. Uh, and some people have hypothesized that maybe some of the writings actually are a code. Oh, uh, like it's misspelled because the because it fits whatever cipher there is going on, or it's a, a what was it an anagram? Right, that's when you rearrange the letters to spell something else. Yes, might be an anagram for something else. So, like it says, RC Christian, and then in parentheses a pseudonym instead of pseudonym. So, like, maybe they're just dumb. But if you get to the point of engraving something in stone, you think you would spell check it. Also, pseudonym and pseudonym are close enough where, like, couldn't you just, like, put the M in on the end and then put the N after the M? Or, like, Like, whoever was engraving it, don't you think they would have noticed and been like, oh, he probably meant M? Yeah. It sounds like they intentionally would have had to do that for it to not have gotten corrected at some point. Right. So there there are all sorts of weird theories about between the the text itself and then also the the proportions and alignment and then this weird cube thing that there must be some sort of extra encoded information in this structure. 19 and a quarter feet in height. There we go. We'd, man, we settled on 20. That was a pretty good guess. Yeah, 17 and a third feet in width. Diameter of 65 feet. And an overall weight of 951 cubic feet of real granite is 237,746 pounds of stone. Like, why would they tell you that? Who? That's actually on the... That's what I'm saying. They engraved that into the... Into a separate slab at the site. At the site to like tell you what it is. Why would that? I, mean, I guess maybe just like, isn't this cool? Look how big this thing is. But I mean, I get. I mean, it, it it does like add to the prestige of it or like like the impressiveness. But then they also gave a specific number. Or you mean? you wouldn't say like over this you know or this many tons or something. It's like exactly this many pounds. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You might you might have just done the calculation the whole thing is just fucking bizarre man it's fucking bizarre i, I got okay so and then I gotta, the, you go would ahead. think that if somebody i don't know how much money it costs but it, between the land and the, the materials and the labor we got to be talking six figures i was gonna say oh well into six figures yeah i was gonna say closer to a million dollars probably 
and especially well, if he five seventies, late seventies. Yeah, I, but yeah, if I he five x charged for a project like this, yeah, the land might have been super cheap. You got random it, Georgia farmland in the seventies. It, it's very. I, I'm looking at the uh, the Google Street View of where this thing is. It's super way, way out there, rural. Yeah, yeah, you probably could have gotten. I think it's only like five acres or something, so it probably didn't cost that much. Yeah, but like regardless, you're you're looking at six figures in the late seventies. There's no record of where that money came from or who it came from or like there's just one guy it who came wa- from the Sudanin. Right. Just the one, Sudanin. one guy. And then you would have had to do this in person. So then, which part? All of the it. The building, the, you mean? Yeah, and like the you couldn't have placed a this order must have been done in person, right? The payment must have been done in person. I mean not necessarily you could have corresponded via mail. You write them and you mail them a check. I mean, if somebody really wanted to be weird and like quiet about it, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like, and then just no one bothered to like ever look into where that came from, and now it's too late. It just seems like with that much money changing hands, there would be some record that would ultimately go back to someone. No, I, I think you're right. Also, though, think about it. Like, we didn't have the internet, so, you know, paper trail. But, like, if know. okay, if I'm that business and I quote a guy whatever five times my normal, normal rate is, like a, a big amount of money, I'm not going to go to the bank and be like, uh, is this a real check? Yeah, <laughs> right. Can you, yeah, you got to cash can, it eventually. Can you guys look into this for me before I commit, like, to purchasing this material and yeah. to having my team go out and build this thing? Yeah, I mean, you definitely cash that You got to do a little but, bit of research, right? But there's also, like, I mean, there's lawyers, you know? Like, that could have all been done through a lawyer, through a trust, and that never has to be revealed. That's, like, under legal yeah. obligation to not get paid out of a lawyer's fund. I mean, I don't know. There's ways around that stuff to, to like, really... If you really wanted to make something secret, you could. But then why? What the hell were they doing? So, okay, so that's actually a really perfect segue to, like, something that we've brought up a handful of times throughout all of these stories. And, like, there are many more, by the way. Yeah, there are hundreds Like, many more. more. Yeah. We, we could do a 10-parter on this. Why? All of this, why? What I, What is achieved by... I mean, they are impressive. Don't get me wrong. I am, I'm literally impressed by all of these things. Even the weird Georgia one that, like, kind of makes me feel weird. It's still an impressive feat of, of construction yeah. and creation. I, I think with that one, the best answer is probably a combination of some secret society type of group and... Cold War nuclear paranoia weirdness. Sure, I I, like I can the, the very real threat of being nuked and having to kind of start over. I can see that. I don't know. I I, I still wouldn't throw <laughs> a couple hundred grand at it, but right. if I'm some weird conglomeration of rich people that have some time on their hands, maybe I would. I don't right. know. But the but I guess like the bigger why, you know, why these like massive stone like you know because we pay attention to them. I guess that's the whole point, right? There are smaller ones too, though. There are smaller ones. Like uh, what's the little desert Stonehenge? Puma? No, Puma Punku? Is that the one? 
I don't know. I think that's the one. No, <laughs> that's well, not. Machu Picchu is impressive. Not in a desert right, or but, small though. No, that's in Peru. Uh, yeah, I think it's Puma Punku. It's like a similar alignment and style to Stonehenge, but the the stones are like a foot to two feet tall. Is it in Scotland? No, it's in the desert. <laughs> you said desert. Oh, I missed that. Part. Like four times. I'm actually. I'm, it's because I'm looking at the Stonehenge <laughs> photo, and I'm like, is it? By I think that it's thing? in northern Africa somewhere. Okay. Um, but like big stone things, they're going to be around forever, and they're going to be noticeable on a landscape. I mean, yeah. usually they're in a in a location where there's not much around them. They were. A, so they, they appeared to be a, a destination, or yeah. at least a like they will stand out. Yeah. And then they're going to last forever. I guess, yeah. I I just like I look at Stonehenge and I'm like, why why put the big rock on top of the other big rocks? I don't. I mean, look at the look at the, some of the stuff we do now. Like, but do we do anything? Do we do anything really like this anymore outside of like our skyscrapers? I was going to say that first. Like we build buildings just to be bigger than other buildings. True. <laughs> there I, there are a lot of things that we spend a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort on like how many people have in the course of history have died constructing something I, definitely i think that the difference for me is like in the modern era our version of megalithic structures always have a more obvious functional purpose yeah i mean name do they well name one that doesn't i mean what like, does the eiffel tower do well the eiffel tower is like an observation platform and like an art piece an art piece counts as a as a real function. I That's mean, a stretch. I guess, but I mean, like, I don't know. I guess by that logic, Stonehenge is the same, if not more so, because at least it had some astronomical calendar type function. I suppose that's true. I guess. I guess the, the okay. Eiffel Tower is a pretty good example. Uh, topical. Any fucking structure in Las Vegas. <laughs> that stuff is big to be big. Mm. Yeah, but everything in Vegas is like a hotel. Like people live there and sure, stay I, there. And but you could make a hotel that doesn't look like those, and that doesn't have a replica replica of the fucking Eiffel Tower outside of it. Yeah, you you certainly could, and that's why it's I'm, a testament to like look at this shit that we can do. Right, but but like then go to like the you know go to the Easter Island like the Moai don't have that same. Look what we can do! Like, how would we know though? We have no context for that. We don't, but it doesn't feel like a flex when you're on a two thousand mile away island on a sixty square foot thing that you think you or a sixty square mile thing that you're the only people who live on. We don't like, know the audience though. Like maybe a, maybe the audience was their ancestors or a god or a, right instead of each other right or other people. It's a very I guess the the long and short of it in my head is. It's a very interesting reach towards significance. Like all yeah. of these are trying to create some sense of longevity and significance in a way that um in a way that like lasts and also in a way like we talked about where like spending generation after generation to work on this thing it's a, it's a it's a commitment to significance that I feel like our society has lost contemporarily. Oh, absolutely. And and it like, you know, with the Egyptians, for example. Yeah. Would there be people over generations and generations studying Egypt and Egyptian culture 
if not for the things they had what built. they've done yeah t- absolutely not you know and that same with like any of these cultures would we be talking about easter island if not for the things that they built right would we be talking about the people who built them if they hadn't built them right no right and it so is. It's, it's a reach towards significance yeah and well and it also is a documentation of we were here who you are and what you were about yeah here is our culture in a physical object yeah and 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 the i the concept of knowing it's like um what's the the there's like a there's a truism like an old proverb that's like the measure of a the measure of a wise man is one who plants the seed of a tree he whose shade he knows he will not sit in mm. like that concept of knowing that you won't you will not physically be present to receive the recognition Dude, that is totally fucking gone from our culture these days yeah you you know you will not be present to receive the recognition or the significance that you seek in the execution of something right. but you do that thing anyway knowing that it will be significant to someone else and you will not reap a reward for it yeah but it will matter because it will matter to someone else later on right yeah we we have lost that concept for sure i think so and i think too you know like we comically kind of talked about it with the whole a hard drive how long does a hard drive last like everything that we make now is digitized right. somebody's gonna be trying to figure out what the washington monument is a couple thousand years from now though. right and nobody <laughs> and nobody's gonna hear a single one of our songs yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> which like all these other cultures probably had all the you know art and music and language and stories and all the other stuff too but like it, it's a lot harder to make that last unless right. you ingrain it in something else that will that will last forever we gotta go dude this is way late and way long these were the OG artists man maybe maybe we need to stop making music and we need to start making megalithic some structures we'll, well last we'll last for eternity bro yeah, dog. All right. Uh, hi at whatifpodcast.com. Keep sending emails. You guys have been sending great emails. We love you at whatifpod on everything. Send us show suggestions. And uh, we've been getting a lot of really nice iTunes reviews. I haven't checked the iTunes reviews in a while. And people oh, sweet. left some really nice I ones. I haven't looked either. If you guys want to uh, leave us an iTunes review, uh, that'd be great. We talked about doing another live episode uh, on the Facebook Live once we hit 200 reviews. Yeah. And we're almost there. So oh, uh, if you guys want to leave an iTunes review, that helps us out a lot. And uh, we're going to do another Facebook Live uh, episode soon so um, thank you guys a lot and we love you and we'll see you soon peace bye we'll be back next week with another episode of the what if podcast learn more at www.whatifpodcast.com